listening to the Conquering Everest podcast. This is episode 54. Welcome to the Conquering Everest podcast. My name is Brian Delore, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. Now, if you haven't already, please make sure that you follow this podcast, that you review this podcast. Five stars would be excellent. And, uh, well, while you're at it, go ahead and share this podcast out with your family and friends on all your social networks. Let them know uh, about the good work that we're doing here and the stories that we're sharing, because you just never know. You just never know when someone's story is going to impact, positively impact another person's life. So on today's episode, it's a good one. It's a, it's a topic that I had not ever really talked about. I've, I heard about it. I was curious, but I never really took a deep dive into it. But today I talked to Crystal Holmes. Now, Crystal is a feng shui designer and clutter expert who teaches soul-driven leaders how to use feng shui the right way to create peace and prosperity in all areas of their life. Crystal serves up straight talk wrapped in love. After all, she understands entrepreneurs' challenges with an emphasis on decluttering the limiting beliefs that hold us back from what is possible. Now, Crystal's been through a few trials and tribulations herself, and she shares them here with us today. So without further ado, here is Crystal's story. Crystal Holm, welcome to the Conquering Evers podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this conversation because, you know, I don't, I've never really talked to anybody about feng, feng shui, right? Did I say that right? Feng, feng shui. shui. Feng, feng shui. shui. It, it's that's spelled what... one way and pronounced another way, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and if you don't mind, um, take a moment, just introduce yourself to the audience in your own words. Sure. Well, like you mentioned, Brian, I am a feng shui designer and a clutter expert. Um, I am the I'm the founder of Design Life Studio and the creator of the Design Life. So yeah. I help mostly entrepreneurs, but with this pandemic, it's shifted a little to work from home, even, you know employees. So I help them uh, use feng shui the right way in their office space to help them create peace and prosperity in all areas of their life. And what got you into this, um, this area of work? What was what was kind of what's the backstory, I guess, uh, on, on uh, what's Crystal's backstory? I actually started school to become an interior designer, which I love, right? I mm -hmm. even as a little girl, I played with my Barbie dream house all the time. Like Barbie sat on the side and I was decorating the house and rearranging the furniture and stuff. And um, so when I decided to go back to college as an adult, um, I decided to go to school for interior design. And as I was going through school, we, when I took my psychology class, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has those gen eds that they have to take. I took my psychology class and we had to write a paper on a psychology paper on something in our field. And so we had our choice of topics. And at that time, you know, feng shui had been popular in Western culture for about five years or so. So I'd heard about it, but I hadn't really had a lot of time to study it yet. I had I was introduced to energy work when I was like nine. So it's been a side interest of mine 
um, that I've always studied just for fun um, mm -hmm. for my whole life. And so I was like, well, this is kind of cool. Now I have this opportunity to almost like get paid to study something, right? Because it was for a class. So um, I, I decided to do my paper on feng shui and <laughs> I checked out every book that I could on the subject and was determined that I would, you know, learn everything I needed to know. And I wrote my paper and I was more confused than ever <laughs> about it from reading all the different books, all the different information. And so I started just sort of applying it to my own life to try to figure out what, what was the right way to do it? Because there was so much mm -hmm. stuff out there that didn't. And so, you know, I, I finished school and um, I, I got into my career and you fast forward a few years and I had moved to Hawaii and um, I had just started at my dream job and a project that had been submitted to a client. Um, the client had reviewed it and sent it back to the firm that I worked for saying that, you know, the feng shui was off and they needed it changed. And my boss knew nothing about feng shui at all. And so she pulled the whole design team together and asked if any of us knew anything about feng shui. And at that point, I was the only one that kind of raised my hand and, and like put myself forward. And I really wasn't a hundred percent sure that I knew what I was doing, but you know, I'd been practicing it on my own house for years at that point. <laughs> and, and, um, this was like my, my opportunity to shine, you know? So I, I put myself forward and she handed it off to me and I took the design and fixed it <laughs> with all of what I could figure out as at the time. And I, I, I had imposter syndrome like crazy because I was like, I don't really know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if the client knows more about feng shui than I do. Like, I think I'm doing it right, but I don't really know that I'm. And so, <clears throat> but I really, really fell in love with the process of not just creating a beautiful space that reflects the person that lives there, but also energetically aligning them with the, the soul of their space so that it works for them, right? Because that's what feng shui does, right? It allows you to your space energetically to, to amplify what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really what makes your home your castle. Like that's the secret sauce is having the feng shui right. And so I really fell in love with the process. And, but the, the fear was so big. So I was like, I'm going to, I found a school. I'm <laughs> like, I'm going to mm -hmm. go really, really study this and not just from books, but I'm going to find an actual school that teaches it. And so I, I, I found a school that taught classical or traditional Chinese feng shui and, and I've figured out, you know, and then I started taking clients, started applying it more and more to my life. And I really just fell in love with that, you know, and yeah. I've, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So that was another even childhood thing. I think I started my mm -hmm. first company when I was like six years old, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it was a hairdressing salon on the front porch and I yeah. got shut down right away after I cut my sister's <laughs> hair. So that, that didn't go over so well, but you know, business failure is a natural thing that happens to all of us in business. So, yeah. um, but you know, and so I just sort of followed the path, but yeah, I really. Now you had mentioned in your, um, in your, in your bio that, you know, when, when you were a kid, there was, um, you, there was a time where you felt like you were never going to be more than like a housewife. Yeah. Yeah. And, my and 
so you had that entrepreneurial spirit, but you just didn't feel like this was ever going to become a reality to, for you for a while. Let, let's talk a little bit about. Sure. Yeah, I've always had the dream of being an entrepreneur. I was, mm-hmm. my grandparents owned their own business. And when I was little, you know, they would babysit me after school. And so I would go to their shop after, you know, after school and play in the office. Like I was the CEO, <laughs> like I was, mm-hmm. I ran the company. It was my company. So I've always had that dream. But um, when I was eight, my parents divorced and my mom married a, a very abusive um, pedophile. And mm-hmm. my life kind of, changed overnight really i i told her what and you know they covered all of that up but they always told me like how dumb i was and how stupid i was and how incapable i was and how i would never amount to anything and i really had no value i was i was a burden to them and they made that very clear i was an obligation to them and my only value was in getting married and having children like that's they made that very clear i shouldn't it shouldn't even go to college. Like they didn't even consider, uh, we looked at a couple of like going to college. Like we looked at, I went to hairdressing school and I became a hairdresser. That was my first career. Actually. Um, I got pregnant in high school and, and, and had kids right directly out of my senior year. My, my oldest child is just a couple months after I graduated from high school. And so my parents always told me that I was never going to amount to anything. Like literally my, I should, my mission should be find a man, get married, have kids. And, and that's it. Cause that's my value. And so find a good one, <laughs> but yeah. you know, but at the same token, they, they beat down my self-esteem and my self-worth so much that then the, the boyfriends I would pick were horrible humans. Like I, I had abusive relationship after abusive relationship, you know? And, and, and so it wasn't, so for me, it was a, there was a long process in that. The funny thing was about the same time that I went back to school to learn feng shui, right? I was in my dream job and I really wanted to hone in on like my specialty, right? You know, almost like, almost like a doctor specializing in, you know, heart surgery or whatever. This was, this was my jam, right? I love energy work. I love uh, when I was introduced to energy, energy work as a nine-year-old by my stepmother, after I, who was a witch, <laughs> she <laughs> really taught me magic and manifesting and changing my life. And given the life I had <laughs> at my mother's house, and I was so young, magic and miracles seemed like the only way out, you know? So I embraced that wholeheartedly. So as an adult, when, when I finally really started facing this, you know, I, I, I was working there and I, I went, and a, a neighbor and a friend introduced me like personal development. And I really, and I hadn't had a relationship in a while. I'd ended a, an abusive relationships. And I knew like, I just kept repeating a pattern of abuse, not just in romantic relationships, but friendships and jobs that, you know, like it was, I figured out I was the common denominator. Like I was the broken factor in why my life was horrible. Right. And, and I wanted something different. And I was very fortunate to, to like the personal development world. And as I was learning feng shui and I was taking on clients, you know, I started hearing there's, you know, they started talking to me about all of the things that why they couldn't design this space, like all the things that were keeping them stuck. And, and I was doing the work and I was like putting it all together. And so I started really figuring out like, oh, like this is really how our homes reflect 
what's mm. going on internally. And this is really how I developed even my method for how I work with clients now, because I was doing this work to heal all this trauma. And in studying feng shui and listening to clients and, you know, they would all get hung up like in the clutter part of things and right. the, the why they couldn't do the thing. And so then I started learning about that and started studying like more psychology stuff and more of the clutter stuff and like hoarders and, and what does that look like and what's the language and how does that all fit together? And it was my own healing journey that, that I went on and feng shui was my mechanism. Like it was how it was, the studying of looking at my own space as a reflection of me and, mm. and, and what is it really reflecting, right? What is it reflecting now? What do I want it to reflect? Like, like a 3d vision board. Like how do I, if my home is a mirror and my home is, should be my castle, like how do I use it? And so, yeah, it was really my, my healing journey to overcome the trauma that really brought me where I am today and, and how I work with people today. So <clears throat> feng shui is, I mean, well, upon initial thought about it is about creating your space and, and getting your energy, I guess, aligned with um, this, this, the space around you. But it sounds like there's, there's also kind of this uh, feng shui of the mind that occurs uh, as well. Would that be accurate to say? I, I would say yes. Yes, it's accurate to say. It's, feng shui is really the study of the energy of your space mm. and the thing is like your home has an energetic frequency it's very specific um and i was actually thinking about it the, the <laughs> other day and then comparing it to your home is like a battery right it's like a car battery um and and if you go to jump charge it with some jumper cables right you have the the, the black cord and the red cord and you have the black mm. pole and the red pole and you want to line them up because if you crisscross them you're really going to screw something up bad the same is true for your home. Your home is a battery. It has an energetic frequency. Either that energetic frequency aligns with you or not. It Now, every home has both a red pole and a black pole, okay? Mm -hmm. But we also have an energetic frequency, right? And you either have a, a black cord or a red cord. You're one of the two. So when you want to get into alignment with the energy of your space, you're if you're a black cord person, you know, you kind of want to hang out in the black cord areas of your house. Whereas if you're a red cord person, you need to hang out in the red areas and you want to avoid the other space, right? Mm. All of the spaces are going to have them, but we want to get you energetically aligned with it. Yeah. That's the feng shui part, really um, getting you into alignment with your space. The, the other part oh. is the reflection of what it's telling you about what's going on internally. Okay. Because because we use our homes as a form of expression and what we express is what's going on inside of us, right? Because it's, it's, it's an extension of us. So we taint the frequency of the energy in our space with our own personal color. Let's just mm. say, right. The, the color of who we are. So, and what's going on. So when like, you don't believe you're worthy of stuff or you don't believe you think you're obligated to do all these things, right. Or, you don't have enough. Scarcity is a huge one, right? We surround ourselves with it in our environment. And it's mm. all reflected at us 24-7 because that's what we see ourselves as. And it might mm. look like, you know, this is just my space. I've decorated it the way I think I, I am. But we don't look at the bigger, deeper picture of what is it saying, right, about 
our mindset, our scarcity, our obligation, our worthiness beliefs? What is what are the things that we own telling us about what we believe about ourselves? And where is the work that needs to be done so that we can align with the abundance of the universe and the world and your corner of it, which is your space. Your space is literally your corner of the universe. It's your little tiny plot of, of the universe. And what do you, what do you want to align it with? Do you want to align it with the scarcity part? Cause that energy is there. And if that's what you painted it with, that's what you're going to get. If you want to align it with the, the abundance of the universe, you have to align your energy with that abundance. But that's all internal. It's reflected externally, but it's still a reflection of the internal. So your home is literally a mirror for what's going on inside. You've just never been taught how to read it. Yeah. Feng Shui allows you to read it and so that you can change it. Because if you can change it, now you can reflect something else to yourself, like who you want to be and how you want to show up. And mm -hmm. that allows you to be that person. It literally makes room for you to become that person. So feng shui at its core is like the secret sauce, like success in any venture, whatever it is. For me, when I applied feng shui in my life, for example, I was getting started with my little business and I was taking on clients and um, I still was working a job full time, right? And to be able to pay the bills because I didn't have enough clients to pay the bills and I wasn't charging as much as I should because I was still new, right? And I still was like, you know, figuring it out, right? Um, mm. But I hurt myself and I couldn't walk anymore. <laughs> and mm. it was workman's comp. And so I was literally just stuck home on bed rest and told all sorts of things about why I wasn't worth being able to go to the doctor, why I wasn't worth being able to have medical treatment for a legitimate injury, this whole belief around, you know, being a liar. And so I was I feng shui'd my space on purpose to help me heal my body because that was the energy that I needed in my space was healing energy. That was what I needed to be successful at because my body was deteriorating to the point that I knew I was going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life if I didn't because fighting the titans of insurance was not helping, especially when I had an employer that was lying about my injury because they didn't want to pay the insurance bill, right? Like, like they didn't want their premiums to go like insurance is such a horrid, horrid thing. Like it's the worst invention that we ever decided to come up with. I get it, but like, it's a, it's a, it's a problem, you know? So I had to do it. And so I persuaded to do it, but I, you have to be all about the space that you're in. And that's really when I figured out, like, it is a 3d vision board. We use these little tiny vision boards, but it's mm -hmm. not going to work if you're looking at a, you know, an 18 by two, you know what I mean? Right. A, a little picture frame full of all these visions and dreams isn't going to do you any good when, you know, a thousand square feet of your space is all reflecting the opposite. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. <clears throat> You've got my curiosity peaked about um, when you were injured and you were, you know, trying to recover and, and, and you were going through all this. Um, and I know it's probably different for everybody, but for you, when you say you you used feng shui to create this space of healing, what what did that look like? What did that space look like for you? Um, for me, it was about putting myself in what I would call the personal power position of my space. Mm -hmm. Everybody has one, right? Everybody has one, whether it be for sleeping or working or whatever. You all have your personal space. Um, and each space... Like I talked about the red posts and the black posts, it's a little more elaborate than that. that's a very okay. like high level looking at it. But if I'm a if I'm a black post person, right, I want to be 
in a black host area, like an area that's supportive of my goal, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be, I want to use my space in a way that supports me energetically because energetically is the source of, of existence, right? It's, it's the source that powers us. Like if without that spark of life, which is energy, we don't exist. Um, but it flows everywhere. It's in the air. It flows like water. It's just, everything is energy. Um, but we have to be in alignment with that energetic frequency of the universe. You know, how if, if you go outside and you stay outside in nature for a certain level of time and you, you will, your energetic frequency will shift. It will actually uh, adjust and sync up to the natural, um, frequency of the earth with like seven point something. Right. That's the natural frequency of nature. It's actually our natural frequency. It's what the earth vibrates at, right? Hmm. 7.34 megahertz or whatever it is. It's it's just a random. Right. It's the frequency of nature. If you go outside and you sit in nature long enough and just listen and breathe, your energetic frequency will sink back up to that. That's your natural frequency. It's when you feel at peace and it's when you feel calm, Hmm. right? You've experienced this, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And it's intentional. But when you go back out into life, life gets stressful and life kicks you out your cool, basically, right? It shifts your energetic frequency into, ah! you know, that's why you <laughs> need to go out into nature to get back. To, but you take that ah! and you bring it to your home and now your home feels good. If you shift the energy of your home to reflect the energetic frequency that you want to feel, you can bring peace to your home. You literally have to create the energetic frequency in your environment. Because you are tainting it all the time with what you bring to the table. Right. The, so, you know, for me, I'm type of person, I, if I'm in a large crowd of people, I tend to like want to push back because I, there's just too much, there's too much stimulation. I can become overstimulated with people and that does kind of peak the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um. And when you say you bring that home, I mean, so, you know, I come home, I just kind of kick my shoes off over to the side and, you know, and it, there's no, necess- not necessarily any rhyme or reason to the design of any spaces. Um, and and maybe that's kind of where I think, you know, like you can see my, be- my desk back here, I've got all kinds of stuff back there and it's just kind of chaotic. Um, I used or I, I usually call it organized chaos, but perhaps that's kind of holding me back a little bit because sometimes I do feel like I'm rushed to get things going, get things done, lose my train of thought. Um, it's a replica my, of what you feel when you're out in a crowd. It's okay. the way you manifest it at home. Yeah. It's the way we reflect how we feel. When you mm. clean that up, you start to feel more at peace. You start to sink yeah. back up to your natural frequency, which is the frequency of nature, which is also the frequency of abundance. But you bring that chaos from whatever. And part of it is is not just the day-to-day stuff. It's not just the day-to-day stuff that you bring home. It's the life stuff that you carry in your brain from your childhood Mm, that you reflect all the time because that's what you believe, right? So for somewhere, right, there's a, a belief about being unsafe in a crowd or being in a crowd. And so like, that's how we reflect things at home because it's not about, it, it is about the day-to-day stuff. We bring that home and, and, and we often, that is more instantaneous, right? Where we lash right. out at our, our people around us or our space or our, our pets even, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
I don't want to play with you right now. Like, why do you not want to, <laughs> you know, stop? I don't want you to, I don't want to pat you. Like, right. okay. But you know what I mean? Like we do that. That is a reflection of, but, but the reflection of space and like your organization stuff, those tend to be how we reflect sabotage, mm. how we reflect this failure, like how we make it happen because it's what we believe. It's what we've been taught. Like I was taught that I would never amount to anything more than a housewife. Didn't matter that no matter what my dream was, no matter how often I said, I want this, they were like, you're not smart enough for that. You're not good hmm. enough for that. If you want to be a CEO of a company, why don't you just marry a man? Like gotcha. you yeah. can't <laughs> do this thing. You can't do this thing for whatever reason, because you're a girl. That was a lot of it, right? I, yeah. I had a parent, I had several parents that were very sexist about what girls can't do. Um, you know, it just so much of that is then how we reflect it in our environment, mm -hmm. but then it's also reflected in our world, right? It's reflected in our successes and our failures right. in the world because we sabotage our own fail, our own success because we don't believe that we can. And it's all reflected in our environment where we believe those things and what those things are. We don't usually know usually what the tape is that's running in our head. Right. But when we start to read our space, our space will tell us what. Hmm. And that's, yeah, that's really how you use feng shui the right way. Like that's really right. how you use feng shui. It's just, it's, there's a lot of math and technical stuff with the feng shui part, but learning how to use your space literally as a tool, um, that part's not the hard part. That just, you just need somebody to teach you how to do it. That's the right. easy part. The feng shui part, that's, that's just math and calculations. And that's, you know, and so that's how I end up working with clients is teaching them how to use their space and then like giving them, here's what you need to do. Like I do the part for them. So they yeah. don't have to worry about the, the technical <laughs> part, the math part, because that's what I do. But then teaching them how to actually use their space and as a, as a language and as a tool to be able to say, okay, I'm sabotaging myself right now, where and why, and what are the, and use your mirror because we mm -hmm. all live somewhere and it mirrors, yeah. it mirrors us all the time. That's why when we get sick, it turns into, yeah, right. But when yeah. we start to feel better, we clean it up. Or if we clean it up, we start to feel better. It's the same. You can choose to clean it up and make yourself feel better. Or you can wait till you feel better and then you'll want to clean it up. It's just. And this is so when you talk about empowering female entrepreneurs for you, that's, um, you know, that's kind of where it starts. Let's take assessment of what's going on around you. That's going to give us better clarity of what's going on inside of you. And then we can des design this space that's going to more align with what you want from life and career than what you currently have is that did i kind of capture the 100 like okay. literally a hundred percent i call it design for okay and it i it's it's how i do things. like most people design for who you are right now but i don't yeah. i want to look at who are you becoming and what is it going to take for us to get you there let's design that right into your space so that you have room to be hmm. and that's, yeah, that's got me it's got me questioning my space now i'm like oh what's going on in here but um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, where folks can find you, find what you're doing. Um, you know, if there's somebody listening to this episode and they're like, Hey, this, I've got to connect because of my, my, my space is a mess. Um, where would people find you? Uh, 
I, I know you've got you've given me some links that I'll include in the description, but um, I'll go ahead and let you kind of share out where folks can find you and how they can work with you and whatnot. Uh, there's a couple ways. So if you're ready, ready, like if you know this is what you need and you're ready to jump in, um, I do take one-on-one -on -one clients. You can book an appointment. Um, it's by application only. I don't take everyone, um, but you can book an appointment. You can go to peaceandprosperityalignment.com um, slash apply and book an appointment with me to see if we're a fit. Um, or if you're not ready to jump in, but you want to start really looking at your own clutter and learning what mm. your own clutter is telling you because your own clutter has a message. Your own clutter is the message. <laughs> like it has mm. all the message in it. If that's where you are and that's where you're ready to start. Um, I do have a free download that I give to um, listeners when I like to come onto this podcast like this because it helps so much. And it's my personal five-step method to declutter your mindset. And it's literally called Declutter Your Mindset. You can get it at declutteryourmindset.com. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> straightforward. Um, and as for me, you can find me um, on the all over the internet. Um, my website is .com. And I'm, of course, on social media. I'm getting ready to launch YouTube. So okay. you might want to follow me over there. But I am, of course, on so, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Now, do you um, strictly work with a female clients or do you work with males as well? Or I do work with men. I, 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 I'm not opposed to working with men. I have, mm -hmm. I find most of my clients are probably 98% of my clients are women. Um, but I do have men that, that, that get it, that, that see the value in creating space for who they're becoming as well and looking at their own stuff. Uh, you know, because you have to go through that process of being able to face, face your stuff, you know, and yeah. uh, maybe that's the difference. I don't, I don't know what's the difference yeah. between the willingness to, to do that work or, or not. Um, but yeah, I do work with men. Um, well, let me ask you this. Can I, I I'm, I'd like to ask you kind of a loaded question. Is that all right? <laughs> I, and I say it's loaded, but maybe it's not, maybe you've got, you know, I just, um, I know everybody's different and there's a lot of assessments that need to take place and different things to kind of get everything going, but just throwing this out there and, and, and if you could give some advice on, um, you know, anxiety is, is one of those things that, that, you know, I do coaching and I work with a lot of people that, um, have a lot of anxiety. I know people that have a lot of anxiety and, you know, when, thinking about somebody that is just day to day, they have the stress and anxiety that builds up. And sometimes maybe they don't even understand why, what would be like just some quick hitters for them as they think about their space. So every day they come home, they're anxious. They, they their thoughts are just nonstop. What is something that they could assess around them that may help them kind of figure out a better flow? If that makes sense. Sure. What you really want to do is create peace in your mm -hmm. space. There is a reason for the expression, your home is your castle. It is. Um, you really need to surround yourself with things that you love, only things that you love, mm -hmm. um, things that you need and things that you use as well, but you need to love those things, right? <laughs> like, right. Like, like you love the things that you, use, but everything else is, is just clutter. You know, yeah. if you start, if you start looking at your, like, an extension of you, right? Mm -hmm. And and treat it like your best friend. 
instead of like this obligation, right? This burden, because it's a reflection of who you are. As long as you continue to treat your space like a burden, know that you're treating yourself as a burden because that's what you're telling. Mm. That's literally the words that you mm. are telling yourself. Cleaning my house is a burden. Okay. Mm. Taking care of me is a burden, right? If you start treating your home like your best friend, treat it like a separate thing. And that's okay. Buy yourself flowers or I don't know what men, men do. Like the, that would be the equivalent of flowers. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like do those things for yourself that create an environment that you, that brings you, this is your escape from everything else outside of the world. This is where you come for you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so, so keep the crap out and, and design a space for you. Treat it like your best friend because it allows you to start treating yourself like your best friend, like you love you. And when you love you, your anxiety drops down, your, your peace drops down because you know, you're in a safe place. I have anxiety too. Um, I think a lot of, um, adult survivors of, mm -hmm. of, of adult abuse survivors. I think all of us have anxiety. Um, there's a PTSD around that, right? There's when no place has ever been safe for you. Me, I created safe. I created space when I was little as safe for me. That was like in my room, like under the bed, in the closet. This is what you're doing. You're just allowing yourself to create a safe space for you. But it's okay for you to own your whole space. You don't have to hide in the closet from the monsters. Like the monsters aren't there. Allow yourself to, to own it and, and be and fill it. That's the problem. We were never allowed to fill our space. You had to be small because if you were seen, it was dangerous, right? right? When you yeah. stay small, when you play big in your house, when you play small in your house, you feel anxious and it's hard to play big in your own house, but your house needs to be a safe place for you to play big. And especially yeah, you, if you work from home and yeah, you run your yeah. own company, you need to be able to play <laughs> big from home. Right. You had mentioned, uh, you know, playing in the closet as a kid. And that's one, that's one big memory that I have. And, and I think you're, you're right on the money with your hiding, but you're kind of using playtime as an excuse. Cause I had a little desk, uh, like a homework desk and a chair. And I would push all that into my closet and put a light in there and shut the door. And it was just like this big blank space. Cause I didn't have much in it. Um, but it was like my office and I could go in there and just be creative and pretend the world outside didn't exist. So I think um, that, that just brought back, you know, it's, it's funny how a word or, or, or a statement can, can bring back a memory like that. Um, yeah. But I, I guess what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, in a space where if you're feeling anxious, if, if you don't feel comfortable in that space, you kind of need to look at the things around you and say, what is this, is this bringing me, what I need. It's just bringing me the peace, the tranquility, the, right. the, yeah. Right. And can I, do you mind if I hot seat you? No, like, go I ahead. Don't, I don't usually, but like this, right. you asked and, and yeah, so we'll do it. Why not? I would invite <laughs> you to look at your, yeah. because you just told me a story about your closet and right. going in there and putting your desk in and closing the door. And, and, and I invite you to objectively look at your space the way I'm looking. Yeah. You have a dark gray walls. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, you're living in a closet. Your office is still your closet. You're still living your childhood player. Yeah. Your, your office just is a feet bigger, but it's just as dark. And it's just, I bet it's just like your closet. I bet money from I probably you think about what was in there and how much space you had and how cluttered it was and how chaotic and what part right. was yours to play in and what part was 
all of the stuff we stick in closet because the yeah. things we stick in closets are the things we want to hide. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's a good point. Maybe I need to put a bright color on one of these walls and see what happens and, um, you know, get Just rid of some sure of the, the right one. <laughs> the extra stuff over there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's definitely a, a fascinating topic. One that, I mean, I've heard of, but I've never really had a conversation around. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast and just sharing your uh, expertise on it. I, I know it's, it's hard to get deep into something with, you know, within, you know, 40 to minutes to an hour, but um, I would encourage anybody listening to make sure you check out the links. I'll have them, everything provided in the description below. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you, Crystal, for coming on. And um, I look forward, maybe in the future, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll see, you know, what I could do. I'll look at my space and then, you know, maybe I could uh, have you back on and you can put me back on the hot seat and see, you know, how things have changed, <laughs> but or maybe yeah, I could I just hire. I I might have to just you, become a client and have it. you tell me how to yeah. do it, right? But I have some openings currently. Okay. I I I, I don't always have openings to take new one-on-one yeah. -on -one clients because of how much um you know I'm I'm only one yeah. person. I can only right. You can so, only do so I don't much. always have openings, but I do currently. So yes, you are looking, and I'd be happy mm -hmm. to come back. It's been a pleasure being here today. This has been. Uh, I love talking about this stuff. This is yeah. absolutely my passion. You can probably tell I get a little fired up about it. I love this. It's so right. transformational, a, a, a way to change your life. It literally changes your life. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, and that's kind of what's really kind of caught my attention here is that, you know, being a, you know, a, a coach and looking at the mindset and, and kind of seeing what's going on in the mind, I, very rarely do I ever ask any of my clients about what's your space like. So it's given me a whole new dimension and element to think about now. And and maybe that's a question that I need to start asking when somebody comes, you know, problems <laughs> related to anxiety or whatever. So, well, what's your space like? But anyways, um, thank well, you again. Well, see you on the books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might, might have to have to get some of your expertise. Help me fix my space. And that way I can. I would love to. So anyways, <laughs> we'll talk business another time, but awesome. thank you again. Thank you. And you have a, 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 a wonderful rest of your day and uh, yeah, everybody go check her out and uh, check out the website. Thanks, Brian. If you are enjoying the content being created on the Conquering Everest podcast, please consider a donation. Your donation will help this podcast continue to grow and reach more listeners. Thank you for your support. And as always, aim high, be courageous, and you will do amazing things.